Amen. You may be seated. We are going to read today from uh, the book of Mark, chapter 10. We're going to read 46 to 52, so let's read. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Well, good morning. My name is Abdu, and um, whether you're here in person or online, at home, we're, we're glad you're here with us. Um, I'm a youth leader here at Crosswinds, and I started serving actively um, over the summer. And it's just been, it's been awesome. It's been fun to, to minister to the teens, to, to watch them grow in uh, their relationship with Christ. Um, this has been an amazing, amazing holiday season here at Crosswinds. Uh, as Pastor Ken was saying, we got to see a family get baptized. We got to see decisions made for Christ. And uh, recently, like Pastor Ken was talking about, we had our Christmas party this past Monday. And, um, man, we just had so much fun. Uh, you know, the, the leaders are just amazing here. We got to give them a hand. Cleone um, just coming up with games and, and Pastor Ken and I just bringing lessons. And we have a meal that leads worship for us on Wednesday nights now. And Everybody's just doing such a great job, and um, you know it's 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 awesome to see us step up in these in these leaderships. But what's even better is watching the teens take the leader, but to be to be leaders. And what they did this past Monday, bringing all these kids, like all their friends, like that was awesome. And we got to uh, we got to share the gospel, and the best part of that was, as Pastor Ken was saying, Grace Newberry got to share the three circles with all these people. And it was just so just awesome just sitting back and just watching that leadership happen within our youth group. And um, we had some decisions that night. And it's just it's, it's something to celebrate, right? Like that's what we're called to do. So, you know, I, I, just, I just thought it was just, it, it was just awesome. You know, four teens accepted Christ, you know, that night. Amen. Like, you know, like it was just it was awesome. And uh, today's message is titled, Opening Your Eyes of Faith. And I would like to share my story with you on how I got called into student ministry. Um, this time last year, I had the honor of sharing my testimony with the church, and it, and it was awesome. And I remember walking away and saying, you know, I can't wait to see what God has in store for 2021. And he has not disappointed and I'm just so overwhelmed and humbled to be able to stay here, stand here and say that. Um, so one night I just woke up and, uh, you know, like there, there was a lot happening before, before I got called into student ministry. You know, like 
I was just so excited about, you know, where my relationship was going, you know, with Christ. And uh, around March, I kind of was going through some things, and I kind of let the enemy creep in and, and tell me that, you know, I wasn't ready for IT, something I'm going to school for, and I'm going to be graduating from, you know, here pretty soon. And I just, you know, I, I let the enemy tell me, nobody's going to hire you. You have no experience, and, you know, it, it's just it's, it's not going to work for you. And I started thinking of a backup plan. And my backup plan was, I'm just going to go get a CDL in December, and I'm going to drive a truck, and I'm just going to hit the road. Sounds like, an, you know, it's reasonable, right? It's, it's an honest, honest living, right? You make money because that's, you know, that's I was looking for a job, you know. And I just had it in my head that, you know, I'm too old. Nobody's going to hire, you know, somebody that has no experience, you know, in that field and uh, freshly out of college. And um, so I just I, – I kept that – in the back of my head, but I said, no matter what, I'm going to finish school. Like, that's important that I finish school. I started something, I want to finish it. And around early May, I woke up in the middle of the night. And when I say in the middle of the night, like 2 a.m., and student ministries here at Crosswinds was on my heart. I had no idea why. I just woke up, and that's all I kept thinking about. And I started asking God, well, why? Why student ministries, you know, like I'm, I'm in college, like I, I, got, I need a job, you know, like this is, I got to get my life together, you know, and, but he was just pressing and pressing and finally I just surrendered. I said, okay, God, like let's, let's do it, student ministries, you know, here at Crosswinds and, uh, you know, it, I fought, you know, I, I wasn't, I really wasn't fighting much, but I, I just said, you know, I just remember at that point when I just totally surrendered, and I said, I will go. And I remember meeting Pastor Ken at Maud's Pizza in Lockport for lunch one day, and we had the conversation. And as I was getting involved and helping out, and I remember praying to God, thanking him for this opportunity to, to be in ministry, you know, at his church. But I really need a job. <laughs> and I was working at a school district as a school bus driver, going to school, and you can't make, you know, you can't make an honest living just being a bus driver. It's part-time work. Benefits are great, but it's just, it's part-time work, and I just, I needed something. And uh, when I prayed that, it's funny how God works, because literally that week I get a phone call from the director of technology at my school district, and uh I had just, you know, I was trying to get a hold of him about a class that I had to take, and I had to follow someone and shadow someone that was in that field, and he offered me a summer job, and I'm like, okay, you know, that's cool. Well, after my first week of being at this summer job, he offered me a full-time position in IT for the school district to be a part of his team, and I just thought, man, like, that, that's just so awesome how God is so good. He listens. You know, he hears us when we're calling out. And those decisions that I made of just, you know, walk, they were all walking in faith moments, going into student ministries, going into a, to a field that I thought I wasn't even going to get a job in at all, but I'm going to school for. And God just opens doors. And, and today's message is about a man named Bartamius, and I'm going to call him Bart because I'm having trouble saying his name. So we're, we're just going to call him Bart, and he was the son of Timius, which is Tim. So we're going to call him Tim. But um, we're going to learn a lot about Bart and the kind of faith that he had. And I remember reading this passage when we were in our next generation group in, uh, 
this passage speaks so much about faith and the faith of Bart. And it had me thinking about me as a believer, like where, where my faith is and where's our faith. And it just, it was speaking so much to me. And there's, there's so much in this passage that we could learn about, about this man, about, about a blind beggar. And, um, but not only that, there, there's so much significance and purpose for the way Mark wrote this chapter. The other gospels, they talk about this story and they, they refer to the story as Jesus heals the blind beggars. But Mark makes sure that when he's telling this story to mention his name because this man's name has purpose. He was a blind beggar. And if we could put like a subtitle to this story, I feel it would be Bartimaeus was a meaningless man who dared to believe he had meaning to God. His faith and hope kept him going. And that's what's, and you want to know what else is awesome about this story? Bartimaeus knew nothing about the gospel because the gospel wasn't there. The cross hasn't happened. The resurrection hasn't happened. And Jesus, in this story, he's on his way to Jerusalem where there is a cross waiting. And there is a tomb waiting. There's a beating waiting for him. And this is one of the last miracles recorded that Jesus did before the ultimate miracle of his death and resurrection. And yet Bartimaeus did not know anything about the gospel, but he had hope. And most importantly, he had faith. So let's dive in for the next seven hours. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. It's not going to be seven hours. I promise. But uh, let's dive into God's word and, and see what we can learn about this blind beggar. So verse 46 says, and, and they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho, his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. Now when Mark wrote this, he had to make sure he mentioned his name, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, because people would identify you by your name and who your family was and who your father was. That's how they knew who you were as a person. And so this will be the only Greek reference in this sermon because I'm not like Jason or Pastor Ken. Like I just I don't have the smarts for it. So but um his name, Bartimaeus, it's uh Bartimaeus was a blind beggar. Oh I'm sorry. So he means, it means honorable son in Greek origin. And he would camp out the city gates. And when you're blind, the value of life, like there's, you're limited to so much. There's nothing you can do. So you would sit at the, the, the city gates and you would wait for crowds of people to walk by. And that's how you got your, your money. That's how you got food, you know, whatever it was. And you'd just be out there begging. And, uh, the, you know, the best would be large crowds, and Jesus was traveling with a large crowd. And I could just only imagine, you know, like, this is it. You know, he, he could hear all these people. It was a very large crowd that he was traveling with. So he's probably like, you know, this this is it. You know, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm excited, and, uh, you know, I'm going to be able to get money, right? But no, this is, this is where it gets good. In verse 47, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out more, Son of David, have mercy on me. His focus wasn't on the crowd. 
And his focus was on one person, and, and that one person was Jesus. And he was yelling and just, just trying to get his attention, and that was all out of faith. Again, Bartimaeus knew nothing about the gospel. He didn't know who he was. But he calls him son of David, Messiah. Blind Bartimaeus didn't have much intact, but his, uh, per, you know, his, he just had determination. People tried to shut him up, you know, they, but they, they couldn't because he just really wanted a touch from Jesus. It was his faith that he knew he was the son of David. The way he approaches Jesus is just, it's, it's so humbling. You know, here I am, you know, a blind beggar, Bartimaeus, calling out to you, Jesus, son of David. I'm nobody, but you're somebody. And if I could just get your attention, if I could just get a touch. And, you know, he, he wasn't yelling for food. He wasn't yelling for money. He wasn't asking for shelter. It was simply mercy. Have mercy on me. He knew exactly what he needed from Jesus. Mercy. He didn't come thinking, you know, he was owed something. All he wanted from Jesus was mercy. It was by faith that he came humbly to ask Jesus for mercy. How many of us need mercy? I know I need it. We all need mercy and grace, right? We're not perfect. But God sent Jesus to die on a cross for our sins and shame. I know in my life I, I mess up. We're, I'm not perfect. Pastor Ken's not perfect. Jeremy's not perfect. We're not. We ask for grace, and we ask for mercy. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews 4.16, let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. With all the distractions and, and people yelling at him, Bartimaeus had focus on one person and one person only, and that was Jesus because he was seeking mercy. You know, we're... This is our last Sunday of the year, which is pretty cool. Like, I was so humbled when Pastor Ken asked me if I could preach on the 26th. And I'm like, oh, that's the last Sunday. <laughs> so I, I get to, you know, close the year out. That's, you know, that, that's pretty cool. You know, and like, how, how do we close out a year? We've had so many great things happen this past year, right, here in, here in God's church. And, you know, we, we all make resolutions, right, going into a new year. And, you know, I want to lose weight. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better friend. I want to be better in ministry. You know, I want to get in God's word regularly. Like, I, I want to have a better prayer life and more time in God's word. And those are all great things. But what about I want to walk in faith more and not in sight? How about praying for his mercy and grace as we step into 2022? So in the midst of Bartimaeus yelling, we have the crowd rejecting him, telling him to, to be silent. But he just kept 
yelling over the crowd, Jesus, son of David. I was imagining the things that were said to him. Stop yelling his name. He, he doesn't have time. He's too busy to talk to a beggar. Too busy to talk to a beggar. How many of us have begged in our prayer lives? I know I have. <laughs> you know, God, please take away this sickness. God, please provide a way. Teens, please let me pass this test. <laughs> please don't let my parents see my report card. <laughs> we have also let things get in our way of our prayer lives, and, and I'm guilty of it too, distractions. And, but Bartimaeus kept his focus on Jesus. And at first, the, the crowd tried to silence him, but Jesus stopped to call Bartimaeus, and the, and the crowd encouraged him, as we see in verse 49. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called him, and the, the blind man saying to him, take heart, get up. He is calling you. And when, when you tell someone to take heart, it means take comfort, take confidence in something. Right away, I can only imagine the hope, joy, and happiness he had when he heard that he was being called by Jesus. And verse 50, it says, And throwing off his cloak, he sprung up and came to Jesus. And he wasted no time. I'm sure his disciples, you know, were able to help him, you know, get to Jesus. But he was so excited, he he sprung up, dropping probably the only thing he owned, a cloak. This kept him warm. This kept the padding on the ground. This kept, you know, it could have been his pillow, you know, on warm days where he was just laying around, you know. But he just, he threw it on the ground like that didn't matter anymore. He had something else. And this man is approaching Jesus, and, and he believes by faith that this is the son of David. This is the Messiah. This is the person who has heard about as people were walking by, maybe for months, maybe for years, because that's all he can't see. All he could do is hear. And he's just listening to people walking by and just having conversations about and Jesus and who he was and, and all the things that he's doing. And this is, this, is how, this is how he's learning about who Jesus is. Talk about faith. Never seen the guy, never met the guy, but I believe him. I believe that he could do the things that these people are saying that he's doing. And again, no gospel. Hebrews 11.1 1 gives a great definition of faith. Now faith is the assurance of, of things hoped for the convictions of things not seen. Bartimaeus had hope. He had true, genuine faith. And when he approached, he was humble. And Jesus asked the question, the most, inque the most important question Bartimaeus had to answer. And Jesus said to him in verse 51, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. What do you want me to do for you? I feel another important part of this story is we need to understand the destination where Jesus is headed. Um, he's on his way to Jerusalem, where, again, where there's, there's, a, there's a cross waiting for him, and he knows that. And the road that he's on, it's, it's not easy from Jer Jericho to, to Jerusalem. It's 17 miles 
of hills, and it's just a very dangerous road. And the road from Jericho to Jerusalem had a reputation back in that time, and it was, it was called the road of blood because of all the robbers and the beatings that were taken on that road, people being left for dead. And Jesus uses this road when he's sharing the story about the Good Samaritan in Luke 10, verse 30. And Jesus replied to a man, a man was, I'm sorry, Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed him, leaving him half dead. And it, w- it was funny because as I'm reading this and I'm like, I've heard this road before, this Jerusalem to Jericho. And, you know, I was kept, I was trying to figure it out and like this came across and, you know, he's using it as an analogy for the people when he's sharing with the people because that's how dangerous the road is. And he's on his way. He's taken a dangerous road to the cross. And he knows that he's going to die. But what's awesome about this story is he still wants to serve. It's not stopping him from serving. And Bartimaeus and... He doesn't want water. He doesn't want money. He doesn't want shelter. He doesn't want any of that. He just wants mercy. And Jesus calls him. And and, uh, when he calls him rabbi, which means teacher, let me recover my sight. I was looking at different translations. And in the NIV, he says, I want to see you. In the NIV, the, the NLT, he's referred to Rabboni which means my teacher, my Lord, let me recover my sight. It was faith that Bartimaeus submitted, he humbly submitted himself to Jesus. And Jesus gives him the response that he was searching for, that he was praying for, that he was hoping for. And in verse 52, it says, and Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he could see, and then he left and he started a nonprofit for blind people. No, that's that's not what happened. Right? He he followed Jesus. He followed Jesus. And you know, when I, when I got to that part of that story, like the ending of that, I'm I'm like, man, like this guy just recovered his sight. We don't know if Bartimaeus was blind, you know, from you know, childhood, you know, to now or you know, we, we don't know that. But, man, like, can you imagine being blind and the first thing you see is Jesus? Knowing that, knowing what we know, can you imagine that? Knowing what we know. We know about the cross. We know about the resurrection. We know the gospel. He doesn't even know the gospel. And immediately he followed him. He didn't go running to his friends. He didn't run to his family. He didn't say, you know, I could see, you know. I'm sure he was running around to the people that are around, the crowd, but he didn't just take off. He stayed on that road with Jesus, and he followed him. And it just this the story just speaks so much faith, like so much faith of uh, how much faith he had. You know, like go your way, your faith has made you well. The faith of a blind man saved him because it was a certain kind of faith. It was a faith that determined to reach that he was determined to reach Jesus. In 47 and 48, he cried out all the more. It was faith that he knew who Jesus was, son of David. It was faith that he came humbly to Jesus, 
have mercy on me. It was faith that he humbly submitted to Jesus. Rabboni, my Savior, my Messiah. He followed Jesus on this dangerous road. Are we blinded by our faith? Are we insecure around others when when we talk about our faith? Again, knowing what we know now, can we look back at the cross and be able to express our faith and, and walk out in faith down our dangerous, dark roads of our offices, our workplaces, and shed some light in these places? I talk to the teens about being light in their hallways of their schools, and I work for a school district, and it's very uh, – I see these halls every day, and it's, it's, it's not nice. It's dark. It's very dark. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of uncertainties, a lot of anxieties in these kids' faces, and it's hard to see sometimes because you don't know what they're dealing with. And um, it hurts. You know, it breaks my heart because they're all blinded to the gospel. You know, we have that hope. You know, if, if you believe, you, you have that hope. You know, we're, we're approaching a new year, and, and God has so, done so many wonderful things here. And this year, my hope is that we can step out more in our faith. We need to start opening our eyes to to what God has called us to do. It may not make sense in the moment, but man, does he reveal so much more in that journey. Earlier, I got to share on how I got called into ministry, and, and I told you in the beginning that I had no idea why I was being called into ministry. But I can tell you later, five months later, I understood why. And um, I'm going to share, July 2nd, 2013, Jesus called my mom home. And my heart was broken. I became very numb. I, uh, I felt like the worst thing that could happen to me already happened. And that was it. And I had a really hard time after that expressing emotion. I was just so numb. And one night here, there was a little girl that came, and it was her first time here. And it was a Wednesday night, and... Uh, I had just given a lesson and talking about Lazarus and God's timing. And she said something that rocked my world. Before we went to go pray in our small groups, she asked me why God made her parents do drugs and why she must be bounced from foster home to foster home. And right then and there, it just broke my heart. <clears throat> I didn't know what to say. <laughs> um, I had another leader with me in our, in our group, and uh, but I had another leader, and it was a student. And I remember looking at my other leader, just kind of, you know, what do I say? You know, like I, I've never, I've never had this happen. And this student, Matthew talk to her about his adoption and how there's hope. And I seen her, her head go down as he was talking. But then when he looked at her, he said, but Carly, I believe Jesus is going to do that for you. 
the hope that was in her eyes. And just that, you know, we, we got to pray over her and just, you know, and love her and just tell her, you know, Jesus is going to look over her. And he has. Um, so, but it was just, the, it was the leadership of a, of a student. Because I was, you know, I didn't know what to do. That wrecked me. And emotionally, right now it is. <laughs> just thinking about it. And I remember driving home and I was just bawling my eyes out. And it was the first time since my mom passed that I was expressing emotion like that. And God answered my question in the form of a child. This is why you're in ministry. You need to have compassion like Jesus did. It's okay to have emotions. It's okay. And that was the word I got from God. And that's why he brought me into ministry. And I, I, I got my answer from that. And, it, you know, it may not make total sense in the moment, but when we have the total surrender and we walk in the way of a blind and say, enough's enough, I'm, I'm done hiding, I want to go and do whatever you want me to do, whatever you want, wherever you want me to go, he'll open our blind eyes to, to what it means to walk by faith and not sight. Our prayer lives will change. We become more engaged and and just we, we become more engaged and we have more of an intimate relationship with God. You start asking for things and pray for things and God listens. In Mark eleven, verse twenty four he says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. I got to witness that firsthand again. My brother reminded me on Christmas something, and it kind of blew my mind. And, you know, I uh, I got to witness that verse because I started praying for a wife. I started praying that God would send me someone. I didn't want to be alone. And God sent me a God-fearing woman. He sent me Marielle. And we're engaged, and I'm just so blessed, and my, my heart is so full of love. And my brother said something to me during Christmas, because we were supposed to move to Kentucky. And he said, you know, man, he's like, think of this. You know, if we go to Kentucky, you would have never met Marielle. And when he said that, it, I kind of, you know, I took it, and then I just it just stayed there. And I'm like, man, he's so right. We were literally decision away from moving to Kentucky and I just I just think it's awesome how God works God didn't want me to go to Kentucky God didn't want me to go and get a CDL God wanted me here serving and there's always purpose for that and I'm just so thankful and again my heart is just full of so much love now and God was listening, and he answered my prayers. Let him do that for you today. It's a new year, new harvest. The time is now where, where we can show our faith and what God has done for us. And, and, and remember, we're not perfect. 
Matthew West once said, the pressure to highlight the good stuff about, about us and hide the rest away, that's what shame does. That's what Satan does. But the last thing this hurting world needs to see is a Christian pretending to be perfect. What they need to see is people like you and me leading the way with our brokenness, saying, hey, I'm far from perfect, but let me tell you about a perfect God who loves me just as I am and who is making me more like him every single day. That's what grace does. Grace lives the pressure of perfection off our shoulders and telling us that that we're free now, free to let the truth be known. Let us walk in faith. Bartimaeus didn't have the gospel. He He didn't have the cross, and yet he still had faith in Christ. Knowing what we know now, where is our faith? How much more faith can we have looking back at the cross, knowing Jesus died, was buried in a tomb, and rose three days later? How much more can we trust God with our faith? I want to end with this verse, Hebrews eleven six, and And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Let's pray. So, Father, we just come to you now, Lord. And, Father, I thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you for for who you are, Lord. I thank you for, for what you're doing, Lord. And, Father, I just pray, Lord, that as we enter in a new year, Lord, that we're able to, to just stay focused on the mission, Lord, and just being able to reach as many people as we can for, for your gospel, Lord, for, for, for your kingdom, and just be able to share the gospel, Lord. I pray, Lord, that if there's anyone here today, Lord, that just doesn't know you, Lord, that they may come to know you. They may come to, to have that hope, to feel that hope, to experience who you are, to experience the just the the love that you have it's just an overwhelming feeling Lord and I just I love it and I would just love for everyone just to be able to share that so Father just be with us now Lord as we go into our time of prayer Lord if there's anyone here Lord, just wants to accept that truth and just uh, find out who you are Lord that they just come to know you today we thank you for this for it's in Jesus name time of, of prayer if uh, there's anything you want to pray about I'll be, there's deacons here too just reach out just come